0: Welcome to Parenting That Kid. My name is Ashley Tolliver. As a mom of twins, one being a highly sensitive child who responds to the world in a non-traditional and sometimes challenging way, I understand the desire to find the golden answer. Maybe there is no golden answer, but there are resources, tips, and tricks we can all use to help us make this uniquely normal parenting journey a little more fun. This podcast is a roadmap to Parenting That Kid for myself and other parents. If recording my journey as I seek a clear starting point, community, and effort to normalize what sometimes feels abnormal supports at least one parent, then my time is not wasted. And hey, if it doesn't, well, there's documented proof that moms deserve a glass of wine. Cheers! Introduce today Hillary Roberts. She is a mama of five kiddos, all under the age of eight years old. That deserves an award. Amazing. She has a bachelor's of science in elementary education, a master's in curriculum and instruction with an emphasis in literacy. She loves to travel, explore, and learn. And I will add that Hillary is an amazing amateur photographer. I found her on a mommy's group because I needed some professional pictures. And Hillary, you don't know this, but these are the only pictures hanging on the wall in our living room so that's awesome I know right and everybody everybody loves them without further ado Hillary thank you so much for joining me and saying yes to this podcast and sharing a little bit in depth of your life would you mind sharing a little bit about your kiddos and your son and your um, life experience with him
1: sure so I have five kiddos like you said um our oldest is eight and then we have boy girl boy girl boy so our oldest (laughs) is an eight-year-old boy we have a six-year-old girl um Jack who is who we are talking about today is four almost five in a couple weeks and then we have a three-year-old girl and a one-year-old boy and so Jack has always been kind of our ahead of the curve in terms of physical and so he was my walking at 10 months climbing out of my crib early. He can kind of scale the walls so we always just kind of joked and laughed that you know he was really athletically gifted early and that I actually was kind of a by chance, I guess that we determined some of his um, occupational therapy needs and his sensory needs because we had him evaluated for speech. Um, he always talked, he was always a talker, but he started to stutter around two. And it was just a concern I had. And we went ahead of, of right before three and had him evaluated for his speech. And the um, speech therapist said, You know, I'm not an occupational therapist, but I actually think. His body of his body awareness is what's making the stuttering something that's appearing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, would you be interested in having him evaluated for OT needs? And, uh, you know, I said, absolutely. Whatever he needs is what we'll do. And so that's kind of where it started. And so just kind of an interesting, you know, for the last almost two years, just working on his body awareness and space.
0: That is so, and I didn't know this, that's so interesting that one profession triggered something else to be evaluated. And mm-hmm. that's where you guys are now. Have you noticed an improvement yes. with his speech because of the shift that you've changed and the direction you guys have gone with him? Absolutely.
1: So his speech is quite better. And he actually phased out of speech last summer so it's when he's more regulated his speech is clearer.
0: Okay so here's a question for you being a mom with two kiddos and having one that you know requires a little bit extra TLC as we say around here how do your other kiddos handle or cope with moments that might be a little too intense for him and how do they come to you and what kind of like ways do you support them in having a sibling that needs this little extra help?
1: Yeah so our with five kiddos um Varies, I would say, from day to day. And so, our my goal as a mama, and I would say my goal and my husband's goal as parents in general, is to raise kids that understand that each human is unique, and we all have unique needs, and we approach the world differently. So, I think that we try to frame being a part of a large family that way: that we're a team, we work together, and we are a team in working together to make life happen in the best way possible. So, you know, it doesn't always play out that way every day, but I hope that as they get older, that they continue to kind of look and see the uniqueness. So having five kids, I see that they um, interact and engage with each other in different ways, and it really does depend on the day, even their mood, and the combination of their siblings. So I know that, like, my six-year-olds and our four, almost five-year-old Jack, they're best friends, and so they interact. They're either best friends or they're enemies. And if they're by themselves, they're usually, you know, thick as thieves. And when another kiddo comes into that dynamic, it shifts everything. So I think it really is just they have each kind of figured out based on their personality, how they deal with each other and with sometimes his big, mo- his big emotional moments. So there's fighting, there's negotiating, mm-hmm. there's compromising. And we do talk a lot about compromising, especially in the car. So one kid wants a window down, he thinks it's blowing too much. So they talk about, hey, ask for a compromise. So I would say we really focus on them compromising. And again, it does not always work magically. But it's our goal that they just learn to compromise. So that even in his big moments, they understand, hey, I might need to compromise right now because he's having a hard time. And sometimes I have a hard time with something else. And my needs look different. And then sometimes I make them Resort to old-fashioned rock-paper-scissors, and you know, and in that moment, he may melt down if he loses. I just have to—that's where it comes to me—is I do a lot of like inside, internal self-talk in my head Mm -hmm. and I don't like it when he melts down because it's hard right it's hard for me it's hard for everybody else if we're in public I just want to appease him but ultimately that doesn't really work (laughs) in the long run and so being able to take those hard moments even if it's in public even if people are staring and that's with any kid but being able to kind of just take that hard moment for myself and say you know what it's going to be harder on me right now to have him melt down, but teaching them, you know, that he has hard moments because of ABC, you have hard moments for different reasons and learning to kind of, you know, just be empathetic to each other through those times.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's so powerful. Internal conversation with yourself and knowing that that moment in time is going to move past, but, and you're right, it's so hard out in public. And I think moms start to almost shame themselves when their kids experience that out in public. And then we have to talk to ourselves about this is just who our child is. And it sounds like you do a really beautiful job working with your other children and seeing that. And this is who he is. And they are themselves unique. And each person is unique and has um, different challenges that they all have to go through and yet still support each other with it. And I love the compromise thing. That is as any parent probably with more than one child can, <laughs> can attest to, that is a daily mm-hmm. task. <laughs> Learning to compromise, whether your sibling is um, a little bit more challenging at times or not. It's just something you do um, growing up and a, a good tool to have when you are an adult. But Let's talk about tools and resources, something that I always try to find for my kiddo and um, ways to make it easier for our whole family, but maybe ways to empower mine. Do you have tools or resources that you use specifically with your your little guy? Maybe ways of his emotions are getting too big that he pulls in and he can rely on these resources to get himself through it. Or, you know, you talked about him going to therapy, special schools, things like that.
1: Yeah. So I would say our number one is working with people um, that understand our needs and his needs Mm -hmm. and that he needs to move and he needs some breaks. So, you know, he's just, he's a sensory seeker. So he wants to climb, he wants to throw things and he doesn't need to break things or, to run into people but he does um, and I don't think he, he's really really strong which is a hard combination because he doesn't really understand how strong he is some days and I think it's also harder the older he gets because it's not you know it's two it's cute right oh man look how strong that two-year-old is and almost five people are not, you know it's not quite the same so I think that when we have found a good community of people that are willing to meet his needs where he is. And I think that's amazing. Um, And so through his school and through his occupational therapist, and even just my circle of mom friends um, that love and embrace him for who he is and Uh his spirit, I think that's just the key foundation because I can study and, you know, give him all the like wiggle tools and all the OT tools I can order off Amazon. Um, (laughs) But if I don't feel empowered or accepted or even kind of loved for just who my kid is I think it makes you feel alone and isolated and then it's harder to meet their needs when you're feeling down but I think for him specifically consistency is so key so you know using the language at home school and OT is critical for him so and kids in general right so like all of my kids but Uh you know at OT I know that they're like oh my engine is feeling really Mm -hmm. fast right now and that's you know the OT uses that when he goes on Thursdays, and so it's something I started implementing, and it's just, you know, if he's getting that same vocabulary everywhere he is, it's mm-hmm. easier for him to utilize that vocabulary, so we use that a lot, like, oh, your engine seems like it's really going fast, or it's getting really hot, what can we do to cool it down, or slow it down, and then I think his body breaks, so he does a lot of, like, wall pushes are really big, and then he that at school, and... So more of the like physical, so getting him to do obstacle courses or the heavy work and just kind of those basic tools to get his wiggles out. If I see him starting to kind of get intense, Mm -hmm. seems to help him. He really likes brushes and he really likes like the compression on his shoulders Mm -hmm. and that kind of, you know, 15 to 20 minutes, they say of that can help regulate them for hours. And so I think just having him around other people throughout his day that can, you know, provide him those breaks and those tools and then allow it helps him to be empowered and feel like, you know what, this is okay that I need these things.
0: Oh my gosh. I love everything you just said because it just strikes home to myself and other moms that I've been talking to recently. One, the community of moms that loves you, knowing that what you're experiencing with your child, but they just love you no matter what is so important. And it's, mm-hmm. it feels almost safe when you Go with those mothers and those families somewhere and they, you know, if your kid is having a moment and it's, it feels safe to know that nobody around you is judging you. They're just loving you for being the mom that you are. It is so important to have this group of moms back you and be there for you and not isolate you out of it. You don't feel like you're just stuck living this life alone behind the four walls of your house. Right. And the OTU language. Yes, we do the same thing. We have the energy energy. What energy engine is what my son transformed the name. And so that's what they say at OT as well. And he has this bottle that he shakes and he talks about his engine being high or low. It is very amazing to watch that just switch him. His You can almost see it in his face, the switch of, I couldn't control myself. I don't know what I need. And then now I can speak and use words and we can work through whatever is going on. Um, like you mm-hmm. said, ordering everything off of Amazon. <laughs> yes, you could. <laughs> And and you and there are plenty of people who do, and there are some tools that you need, but in the end, it's just having the consistency of doing what you're doing at OT and the the work that you're doing with anybody else. And then, you know, like you said, that support is just so, so big. Okay. So here's a question for you, because as mamas, we pour into our children all the time. And then sometimes we put ourselves on the back burner. So how do you as a mama take care of yourself having five amazing kiddos? They're all so sweet to watch on social media, at least, and having one that you know, takes some extra energy from you. What do you do for yourself?
1: This is where I do a really poor job. Um,
0: <laughs> I am. I do
1: a really poor job because I want everything to be done and done well. So I just want to do it. Um. <laughs> so it's hard finding time for myself as a mom to five small kids and working part time and trying to get all the things done for them that I want done. Yeah. So I do enjoy like running and reading, and I. This is really nerdy, but I enjoy cleaning and organizing. Um. <laughs> I think organizing is therapeutic. I love to organize, but it's hard to find the time to do that. I have a very clean one and a half year old. And so like the minute he's playful in the evenings and I'm like, oh, let me tidy. And then it's like, oh, she's trying to be productive. Or the rest of them go bananas. And I'm like, okay, never mind. So it's hard um, because I feel like once we get them to bed at night and it's a team effort for Mm -hmm. bedtime, But once we get them to bed, then I feel like I have so many things I need to get done that I don't typically take the time to go for a run or to sit and read because I, you know, so it's something that I'm working on and I feel like I really just need to sit and pencil it in or my husband will be like, no, go do this. Um, And he's good about, he'll be like, oh, I scheduled a massage for you. So goodbye. Yeah. So he's good because I think he can see like when it's you know bubbling to the surface inside me so it, it is a priority that should be more of a priority for me and i can admit that it's where i probably do the worst job is taking care of myself i also try to remind myself that my kids are still fairly small mm-hmm. so you know having a 1 year old and a 3 year old they're still pretty needy and clean and i look at my almost 5 and my 6 year old and 8 year old and you know they can entertain themselves for a longer period right. of time i feel like so i'll get there
0: I, I try. That's like the hardest thing I think as mamas to remember ourselves. Cause like you said, it's, yes. you want to be perfect for your kids and there is no such thing mm-hmm. as perfection with that. But boy, do we strive um, sometimes not to the best of our abilities for our own selves. I don't know about you, but I always feel like a better mama after I have taken care of myself. I just Absolutely. come back with a fresh breath and a new perspective um, on things. And even if in the moment, in the heat of the moment with my son, sometimes my husband has to step in and I have to step out so that I can regroup, regather. Um, I don't know if your husband ever has to do that, but sometimes I'm like this, I'm, I'm calling it in. Somebody else has to tap in as my husband. Yes. Says, I'm, I'm
1: like, Ian, please take over. I just need <laughs> five minutes. Free.
0: <laughs> right. Even if I just need to go to the restroom, and right. close the door so nobody else can come in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So here's the other thing. I am a huge researcher and, um, Not always looking for the perfect answer, but I'm sure looking for any extra tools and tips that I can get in my life. Do you have parenting books that you love or parenting specialists that you follow?
1: I have um, The Whole Brain Child I'm working through, and I really like some of what they put out. So that's one. I'm not all the way through The Whole Brain Child. I feel like it gets bits and pieces of me. And then one that I really like, and she's actually local, is Raising an Original by Julie Lyles Carr. she has safe base so you know there's that but one thing that she says that just feels really significant I guess to me is she has seven kids I think seven or eight kids I can't remember Mm. (laughs) she has a lot more than me but and they're older like I want to say her youngest are like nine or ten maybe even older but she talks about one of her children have some special needs and I think from birth like maybe some seizures mm-hmm. and I just remember this phrase that she used and she said in the moment she cried out to God and said like did you drop a stitch right like we're all knit mm-hmm. together and she's like God did you drop a stitch for her and she heard God say yes I dropped a stitch but that's what makes her unique mm-hmm. and so it was her, that was kind of the basis of the book is, like, they're each original, they're each unique, and even if we feel like the stitch has been dropped, right, like, they don't fit into what we feel like they should fit in to this neat, tidy little box, and none of them do, right? Like, when you really stop and think about it, none of them fit perfectly into any box, and they shouldn't. So I really like some of the things that she points out is just that they are original and you know, even if we feel like a stitch has dropped somewhere, and with our kiddos, that mm-hmm. that's okay, and that just to kind of embrace them where they are and let's raise them in their true original selves. And I think that's, you know, especially with five kids, and I, you know, even with two, making sure that kind of empowering them for who they are. And I think it's easy to box them in, even based on their personality. Mm-hmm. So my six-year-old is a lot like me. she is shyer she's a little more reserved unlike me she's very rhythmic and coordinated and has a great like she can dance she can sing she's Hmm. artistic and I think it's easy to box her and be like oh but she's shy but when we give her and you know like not signing her up for things because we had one bad dance experience right like she. <laughs> didn't want to do it anymore halfway through the dance, right? Oh. Um, and I was like, Oh, but she's shy. I and mean, I think it's easy to box a kid in and say, Oh, but she's my shy kid. It's okay. Whereas, and then she had an opportunity to do this like little local dance video thing for like Wick and Head Start, oh. and I initially told them no because I was like, Oh, she's not gonna do it, right? Like mm-hmm. we're gonna get there, and she's gonna give them her like famous blank stare, and she won't cooperate, and it'll be a disaster and they're like no we really want her we really want her and I was like okay you know what let's just give it a whirl and she was amazing and she signed and she felt really proud and I didn't even bring up you know I was like wow you did a great job I'm so proud of you and how do you feel about it and you know she just kept talking and showing us the little dances they learned for the video and I didn't even once bring up You know, I'm really glad that you weren't shy or I'm really glad that you didn't just stare at them because it's easy to focus on those things. And instead of boxing her in, even though that is part of her personality a lot of the time, it wasn't that day. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's easy to box them in based on a few characteristics instead of just giving them the chance to show what they can do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I think that's where people start to feel a little bit off about their own child because they have this... Society puts a box around us and we struggle to try to fit our child in and that's not what we're supposed to do and that's not who they are supposed to be. And when we say something like, oh, you, you know, today you weren't shy, we've now told them that, oh, that's who you are, but today you weren't. And instead let them just be who they are and find out. And the growth comes from knowing and learning who they are. And then those things they used to be, the shy, might not be there as much as they get older. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, okay, so I had a question from a mama actually last night. And so I thought, well, I'm going to ask Hillary today. Asking about diet because we work a lot on my son's diet. I noticed that really has helped him. I'm curious, you might not do this, but do you have a special diet for your kiddos based off of not an allergy, but something that you noticed if I give him this, this is just not going to work today?
1: Yes. So, you know, our oldest was a food allergy kiddo. And so we eliminated a lot of foods when he was one. So we were dairy-free, we were wheat-free, we are nut-free. At the time, I only had one kid, and I was like, what do I feed him? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, there goes all my pasta, and <laughs> all the things. And you know, that was, you know, in like 2010, 2011, before I, like, there wasn't a lot of stuff. And so we lived in West Virginia, and you know, w- there just weren't as many resources for me and I kind of felt overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So I say that because I feel like it was a really good foundation for me to get creative and learn and research and just learn more about gut health. And so, you know, our oldest at five outgrew his dairy and wheat allergies. He's still allergic to nuts. So after having to basically cook everything from scratch for him, I feel like I have a much better sense of Kind of trigger foods, and so even though Jack doesn't have any diagnosed allergies, he definitely reacts to sugar, um, which I know is probably very common. Mm-hmm. And then dyes, so the processed foods, and not that he never gets processed foods, like right. he loves the cereal bar, but finding ones that don't have the dyes mm-hmm. and finding ones with minimal sugar that are not you know, I feel are the, those are the two things that are really, really trigger foods for him. And then we do try not. I wouldn't say dairy so much as a trigger, but I just feel like that dairy for in general our kids is hard on them, right. so it's definitely a limited food, um, they do get some of it, but it's definitely limited, but I will say the food dyes and the sugar and soy, oh. so like all the added soy junk, which, right, it's all the processed foods, right. um, <laughs> and just being mindful of like, I read labels and I started reading labels with my first, because you know, it's stuffs and everything. Mm-hmm. And so those are the ones that we really avoid. I feel like the holidays and birthdays, mm. it's so hard. Um, so, you know, we were gone for five days for Thanksgiving and the holidays at Christmas will be gone. And I see a change in him. So he was a little more rambunctious these last few days, yeah. right? He was getting sugar when we were at family. I'm trying to bring that back in. <laughs> it's hard.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause then you have to cut them off. Yeah. That's uh, the reaction part is, you know, as a parent, we, we, especially the holidays, we give into that. And then we do kind of later on see what it's done and go, oh, oh, okay. Oh,
1: I know. Oh. You bring that little banana.
0: If you had three words of advice, three tips, three tools, what would be like your three giveaways that you would give a mom who's struggling or just maybe at the beginning process of trying to figure out how their family can work a little bit smoother?
1: So I think for me, one is trust your gut. So I wanted Jack evaluated for speech long before our pediatrician thought it needed to be, but she was wonderful and said, hey, you know your kid best, so I'll write a referral if you want it. I think he's fine, Um, I think he's too, and, you know, he'll grow out of it, but you're his mom and you see him every day, so here's your referral, because we had to have a referral to get him in for an eval, and so, you know, I wish I would have done it sooner, and it is what it is, and he was still young, so it's fine, but trusting your gut, because for a long time, I was like, oh, I think we should have him evaluated for speech, I think, and we, right, it would have been the same thing, and we would have had OT started sooner, mm-hmm. so I think trusting your gut, don't be afraid to talk about what you're struggling with, mm-hmm. even, you know, with speech, I was like, no big deal to talk about it, because it's not a big deal, right, you don't feel like there's anything wrong with your kids so much, mm-hmm. quote unquote, But then it was like with all the OT and sensory stuff, at first I was like, oh man, like what am I doing wrong? Like why is he so wild? You know, and it gets hard because you don't want people to judge him. You don't want people to look at like, oh, you can't parent, like why are you doing this? But I think the more you talk about what you're struggling with, with each kiddo, no matter what it is, I think one, it's therapeutic, right? It makes you feel like, okay, you know what I'm struggling with, so you're probably less likely to judge me and make me feel bad too I think it's just really nice to know that we're all struggling with something even though you know it in the back of your head two of my really good friends I didn't know that their kiddos were struggling with each different but something in school they're you know we went out to dinner like a in a couple months ago, and one was talking about how her daughter was having a really hard time sitting, and one was talking about how her son's really struggling with reading and some of the issues they think might be going on with him. And you know, and I had him like, okay, I'm not alone, like you guys are having a hard time too. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and not that I want everybody to struggle, but it was just nice that we could talk about it and know, like, hey, we're not alone. We're yeah. all dealing with something and I think that's really comforting, and then I think just continue searching for the answers that you want to find. You might not always find what you're looking for. You might not always, you know, you're not always going to find a solution that cures something, right, Right. so I read, and I research, and I try new things, and That doesn't mean that Jack isn't going to be who Jack is, you know, he's still going to be rambunctious and energetic and, (laughs) you know, learning how to control his body and space, but I can still continue to find tools that will help him as he gets older and bigger and needs different things. And I think that's the ultimate goal is just to continue finding what's best for him. And so always, you know, keep looking and keep just working hard so that you can give him your best.
0: Oh, oh my goodness. I love all three of those. Yes, that's exactly okay. it. You've you've touched on it a few times, you know, you need to just have your people around you that you can talk to. And I think, um, as you said, we you know, we're all struggling at some some area of our life and to just mm-hmm. talk about it is not just therapeutic, but it's it actually makes it okay because you learn that other people too are struggling and Maybe in your head, you were thinking you were crazy, but now like, oh no, we're all on this together and doing this this parenting yeah. thing together, which by goodness, we all could help help in doing that, a way to get through it. Okay, Hillary, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and share your story a little bit. You're just such an amazing mama. I love watching you and I'm so oh, happy that you're you here with me doing this and um, your Instagram is Clarity in the Chaos, and it is a fabulous Instagram page. Slightly jealous Thank that you're you. so crafty, because I'm not. <laughs> and you, oh, now, you're, you're always pulling it's out crafts. the teacher so in blessed. me. Um, it's the teacher in me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> not everybody
1: is a crafter, and that is okay. It's My crafts are very simple. I have friends, they're like, Super crafty, like you go to their house and they crafted things that can actually be presentable on a wall. Those are not my crafts. My crafts are like child appropriate (laughs) crafts. (laughs)
0: <laughs> they're not going to be hung up in a museum somewhere <laughs> no
1: they do not decorate my walls for <laughs> aesthetic purposes
0: <laughs> well I still think it's a lot of fun I mean I feel like it might be kind of fun to be a kid in your house for 24 hours just to be super crafty so <laughs> right. a
1: little crazy but...
0: so thanks for joining me today Hillary Roberts it was my pleasure learning about your life and absorbing all the information you have to share
1: thank you so much for having me I had a great time
0: Thanks for listening to Parenting That Kid. If you like what you heard, be sure to head over to ParentingThatKid.com and subscribe for early release podcasts, blogs, and a chance to have your questions presented to the professionals. Oh, and hey, imperfect parent. I know parenting that kid is hella hard, but I'm telling you, it's worth it. You're rocking this parenting world. Until next time.